for our scripture reading this morning, we'll turn to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, here now the word of the Lord. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp, and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them, until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. As far the reading of God's Word. 
And our focus then for this service is on the first half of this chapter, and specifically in the promise that God gives to Joshua in verses 5 through 9. Now, dear congregation, you have entered a new year, the new year of our Lord 2023. And it's a year that begins with a, a Sabbath day, with a, with a rest day, a day that we remember what Christ has done and also look forward to what Christ promises to His people, the rest, the eternal rest that God has in store for His people, the land, the, the inheritance that God gives to His people. There's a promise that God has for all his people, that there is that land of eternal rest, Emmanuel's land. But it is while we are on this earth that he has to guide and encourage his people to continue in the battle, to fight the good fight of faith, as Paul says. There's a life of sanctification that, that the believer has on this world to overcome sin. There is, there is a taking of the land, so to speak, in this life, the land of our hearts, the land to overcome sin, to drive out the enemies of our hearts and of sin in the Christian's life. And this passage the Lord used to encourage Joshua, who was the new leader of Israel with the new task to take Israel across the River Jordan into the Promised Land. And we want to look at this passage in light of uh, this new year with the title of Encouragement to Enter a New Year. Encouragement to Enter this New Year. And first we see that there is such an impossible task before us. The children of Israel here faced what, was, what seemed to be an impossible task. They were encamped here again by the River Jordan, ready to cross into the land that God had promised to, that they could inherit, that they would inherit. But 40 years before this, they were here as well. They had come to this place, and they were told to, to spy out the land, but they failed to enter because of unbelief. They heard the reports of the giants and of the armies and of, uh, of the strong cities, and they lost heart. They lost courage. They disobeyed God. And God punished them. Even though God had delivered them from Egypt, He had led them through the wilderness for all those years. He had given them everything that was necessary. But that old generation failed to inherit the promise. And so here now with Joshua, it's the next generation, the younger generation, who now stands in the same place at the edge of this promised land. And the same challenges lie ahead of them. And now you and I, we stand in the beginning of a new year. And we can very easily be reminded of our past failures and of everything that we have faced and been afraid of. And we might fear the challenges that will, will lie ahead of us in this coming year, whether that's our own sin that we battle with, addictions or hidden sins or whatever it might be, or, or you might fear what might happen in the church or what might happen in the nation. 
And you start to wonder, how can we face this coming year? How can we enter this year? And as we look at this chapter, we see Joshua. He's the newly appointed leader of Israel. And he's been given this daunting task to undertake what the people failed to do 40 years before. So how will he lead them? How will he proceed from here? God tells him in in verse 2, Arise, go over this Jordan to the land which the Lord your God will give to them. God even explains the extent of that land, how, what, what that land consists of. And now Joshua and the people are again faced with this test of faith. God commands him to go through that flooding river when there seems to be no way across, when there seems to be no safe passage, and to take a land that is so inhabited by enemies that seems so much stronger than they are. And in a very similar way, God commands each one of us to arise and to enter this year with whatever challenges that lie ahead, even though it seems that it can be so impossible at times. And it is an impossible task on our own. It is impossible to face these challenges. And many times we can be tempted to give up before we even start, like Israel did the first time. But that's why God here gives these glorious promises. And first we see that He gives a promise of power in verse 5. And He says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. What a promise this would be for Joshua. Forty years before, Joshua had encouraged the people. You can read it in Numbers 14 where he said, The Lord is with us. Do not fear. He tried to encourage that previous generation. Don't fear because God is with us. And now God uses the same promise to encourage Joshua. And they need this promise. Because Israel had complained to Moses when they, when they heard about how strong these cities and giants were. They said, we feel like grasshoppers in their sight. We, we, we're so insignificant. And they assumed they could never defeat those enemies. We need this promise. That God promises the victory, the power, that no enemy will be able to stand before you. Because how often do you fear to go forward? Because we, cannot, we, we, we fear we won't overcome that sin in our life. That we won't overcome that temptation. That we can never achieve the holiness that God requires in His Word, and we don't even begin trying. Or we fear persecution. We fear saying anything because of the opposition that we would face, or if a feeling of an inadequacy. I'm not like Moses. I'm not like him or her. We can't do it. But God says that with His power, no man, no enemy shall be able to stand before you. God also gives Joshua the promise of His presence. He goes on to say, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. That means that those words mean God will not fail you. He will never leave you hanging. He will never leave you powerless when it comes to the moments of fighting. 
because your victory comes through God. And He's a God who does not abandon you in the moments of trial. God never left Moses when he had to face Pharaoh. God never left Moses when he stood in front of the Red Sea. God never left Moses when they were out of water, out of food in the wilderness. God never left Moses when he had to fight the Amalekites. And that, precious become, that, that promise becomes so precious every year. More precious day after day to know that God will not fail you, that God will not abandon you. He says in Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overflow you. Fear not, for I am with you. Joshua knew that without God it was impossible. We need him, not just to enter this new year as we have done, not just to start off your journey as a Christian, But every day, every step, every moment, every battle, I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. I will not leave you powerless in that moment. And that's why in verse 6, God can say, then be strong and of a good courage. That means have the strength to be able to perform that duty that I've commanded you to and have the courage to face those challenges and dangers. Because God is with you. We always think we can never measure up to those men and women of God. But it's the same God that is with you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And that's a promise to every one of His people. He promises His presence with you as you enter this year. And then God also gives the promise of His possession. In verse 6, he goes on to say, For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Yes, there is a battle. A battle to be fought, enemies to conquer. But take courage because God has promised to give you this land as an inheritance. For Israel, this was the land of Canaan, a physical land. And God would give them that victory. For God's people, there is one, an inheritance in heaven that Christ has secured for them that is preserved by God. But in this life, it speaks of the life of sanctification. That God promises a victory to be delivered and free from sin, to be glorified, to be made like Christ. That the land of our heart, so to speak, will be completely conquered and destroyed from, of, of all sin. But from the moment of your salvation to the end of your life, that battle rages against sin. Because in this life you will never reach that completion. It's not till eternity when you reach the glorification when finally all sin will fully be conquered. But here in this life it is a, a life of putting sin to death. A life of overcoming temptations by faith. And the promise of victory is there. But the land still needs to be taken. And the enemies of sin and and, and temptation are very strong. And that's why God says, Be strong and of a good courage, knowing that your strength comes from God. So how then do we proceed? 
God gave these three glorious promises, but he also stipulates the way. He gives, you could say, a concrete strategy of how you must fight, a strategy that we must use in this fight. God has given us a great responsibility. Verse 7 begins and ends by saying, only be strong and very courageous. And at the end, he says, so that you may prosper wherever you go. And to prosper means to make progress, to, to succeed. You want to succeed and, be, and prosper in everything you do. But there's a proper strategy that you must follow. We have to remember that all our strength comes from God. Because that's what gives you the courage. God gives His promises, but He gives us the responsibility to follow the directions He has given. We have to follow our commander, our leader, just like Joshua did in Joshua 5.14. The commander of the army of the, of the Lord of hosts comes to him and directs him. And we must follow our commander. And the first responsibility is to obey the commander. Verse 7 says, Only be strong and very courageous. And that word only means exclusively. Be exclusively strong and courageous for this purpose. That, or so that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Your exclusive responsibility is to obey the word of God. You cannot fight this battle in any other way than by observing to do the whole word of God. And it doesn't matter what kind of opposition you'll face. There'll be times when you think that this law will not be able to help you. You might think that you can come up with a better plan. You might begin to rely on your own righteousness or works or ability, your own strength, your own wisdom to overcome sin or, or opposition. But you never find help there. And the same is true in the church. You might think that we need to change our worship to make it more acceptable or somehow make it more effective in the world, or that God's law is no longer relevant for us today in our changing world. But here God says the first principle in this battle is to observe, to do according to all God's Word. Then to enforce this, God adds in verse 7, do not turn from it, to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. He's saying the same thing, but now in the opposite. In a, in, he says it in two ways to emphasize it. And he states it here in the negative. Do not depart from it in any way. That means be very careful to obey God's Word and do not wander off that path that God has clearly set, off, set out for you. To wander means to, to get off the path of obedience and disobey. And for Israel, he spelt it out very clearly. Disobedience would result in God's curse in every area of their life. It'd be in their, in their family life, in their health, in their uh, food production. A disobedience would result in immorality in the, in the nation and, and violence in the land. And there would be destruction both from natural disasters and from enemy armies. God had commanded Israel to destroy all the enemies out of the land. And they were not permitted to keep any of them alive or to make any allegiances with them, because otherwise that will result 
in problems in the future, result in sin. And this is very much a picture of the Christian's life. God commands us to put sin to death, to mortify sin, to put all sin out of our lives. We must not keep even the smallest thing in our hearts, our minds, our lives that is contrary to God's Word, or else it will cause us to compromise. It will lead us off the path of obedience to God. But observe to do according to all God's Word. And so we must follow God's Word by simple obedience in the fight against sin, against temptation, against the world, and against Satan. But now for Joshua, this new leader, to be able to lead this people in this straight path of obedience, he needs to know this law. And so God instructs us in verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It must but you shall meditate in it day and night. See, God again emphasizes this in two ways. First, stating it negatively, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It must never leave us. It must never be a thought, a word, or, or an action that we do that is not based on and according to God's Word, not being influenced by God's Word. And secondly, positively, God says meditate on them day and night. So it must become part of our lives day and night. This is our great duty and responsibility, and no matter how busy our lives are or become. We must take the time to read, to study, to meditate God's Word so that we'll always be able to direct our lives. Everyone, especially kings, were supposed to read God's law daily, Deuteronomy 17 says. And it's only a few chapters later we see the consequences of how Israel failed to do this. When they made an allegiance they didn't remember God's word, and they didn't observe to do it. And so Joshua made a league with the Gibeonites as they came, and they tricked him, and they said, we're, we're from a far country. They made it look like they had old clothes and moldy bread. And so Joshua believed them, and they made a, made a covenant. They agreed not to kill them, and happened to be just neighbors over the next hill. And so they, they, they posed great problems to Israel in the future. But there was also Achan who disobeyed God's word earlier in Jericho, or later in Jericho, when he, when he stole the goods, the silver, the gold, and the, and, the, and the clothing that he saw. And it brought a curse on his family and on the whole nation. It caused him to be defeated by a little village just, just down the road. Sin affects your family, your church, and your whole nation. Sin does not just affect you, but it ripples through all of society. And so we need to know the law of God to be able to obey it. It needs to be with us. We need to read it every day of our life. We must be immersed in it so that we may observe to do to all that is written therein, God says. So the purpose of knowing is for the sake of doing. And as you enter this new year, go in the strength and the power of God through His Word. Only be strong and courageous. Be exclusively determined to know and obey God's Word in the year of their Lord, 2023. Read it. Meditate it. Study it. Do it. Live it. This is 
God's concrete strategy for this year. But he also gives us more. He gives a divine consolation. And he shows his sovereignty over this battle. The purpose which God has in mind is the success of every one of his people. He goes on to say in in verse 8, For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Success only comes by observing and doing the will of God. This is the only strategy that will work in the spiritual warfare. And that's because this success and this prospering is not a self-gained victory, but it carries the meaning that they will be caused to prosper, that you will be made to prosper and have success, because God is the one who is giving you that success. God promises here them the land flowing with milk and honey, a land of abundance and prosperity, but the focus here is not on the personal and financial and material gains that Israel will get, but the focus is on taking possession of the land which is currently inhabited by wicked idolaters. And that is why God instructed Israel in Deuteronomy 7 that they had to destroy even the king's names from under heaven. Nothing was to remain from their legacy. Their images were to be burned along with all the gold and silver that came from them, and nothing was to be left that would be able to snare Israel to sin against God in the future. Everything that opposes God had to be removed from out of the land. And so it is, dear believers, in the life of sanctification that we are called to root out every single hint of sin. God says we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind through the obedience to God's Word. We know that the design of the enemy It's very clear in our culture today. The design of the enemy is to try to root out everything to do with God. But God's design, and He calls us, and what He calls us to is to bring every thought captive to Christ with every work. We are to be completely committed, devoted to God. That's a very daunting task that lies before us in this new year. But here God says, then you will make your way prosperous, then you shall have good success. We'll all face many discouragements along the way, much opposition. We will find a lot of grumbling in our own hearts, a lot of unwillingness to fight, because we are unwilling to fight. It's hard work. It's not pleasant. So God says, be strong. Be of a good courage. We're often so very reluctant to engage in any sort of battle. And usually we have the default setting that as long as nobody's attacking us, we don't do anything. And we should be fine. But it is with sin that if you're not killing sin, sin is killing you, I believe Owen said. But God has not promised Joshua a smooth path, free of trials, free of pains and sufferings but He does promise to make Him successful. And as you enter this new year, take up that battle. 
Cleanse your heart, cleanse your life from every impurity, everything that opposes God in your, in your home, in your life, in your heart, and fill yourself with the Word of God and seek by His Holy Spirit to walk in that obedience. Take up the fight to actively fight against sin because I know how we can leave sin linger for 10, for 20 years. We know it's there and we just kind of keep it down when it pops its head up, but we need to kill it. We need to root it out before it grows out of control and takes control of our lives because sin will do that. And entering this new year has many similarities with Israel. Imagine Joshua standing there, that river is overflowing its banks. Even the adults don't know how to cross, never mind the little children that they're taking with them. They're facing insurmountable odds against seasoned fighters. They have only limited experience, limited equipment. But God promised them that land, and they have to take it by battle. And so there's that great responsibility laid upon them to take it. But here we're also reminded that eternal life is both the gift of God through Jesus Christ our Lord, but there's also that crown, he says, that must be won by faithful obedience, Revelation 2. That is both an inheritance that is purchased by the blood of Christ, but it also calls for that reward for those who faithfully serve the Lord. And so then he also gives that divine consolation through Christ to all his people. Because here we see Joshua receiving these commands and these promises at the beginning of his leadership. But this points us to the greater Joshua, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the one who leads every one of you, every one of his people in this battle. And the promise of success is certain because the greater Joshua has entered this land ahead of you. He has defeated the greatest enemy, Satan, crushed his head on Calvary's hill. And he's the one who leads you in the spiritual battle while you remain on this earth. And the final victory is that heavenly rest that awaits the people of God. And even on this special timing of this year, with the first day being a Sunday, reminds us of that eternal rest that awaits the people of God. Jesus was the one who was the ultimate one of good courage to observe, to do all that was written in the law, even though it cost him his life. It cost him his reputation. He was despised, rejected, scourged, beaten, rebuked, and, and, and crucified. And so also we are called to that same obedience but his delight was to do the will of his Father. And that's where he found his strength and courage when he went to the cross. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He endured that deepest and darkest hour when he himself was forsaken, when he had to bear his people's sins on the cross so that he could reconcile them to God. And the result of that is that God will never leave nor forsake you. He will never fail you. He will never abandon you. And Jesus prospered and had good success. Not only he defeated Satan, he overcame death. And that is why he can say to you today, 
There shall no man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And now you who sit here, you are the next generation. The next generation of families, the next generation of this church, the next generation of this nation. It's an impossible task, isn't it? The lies before you. But Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. His promise of his unfailing presence. He has given you his strategy, his word, his truth. He gives you the courage. He gives you the power. And then he closes in verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Have I, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who made the heavens and the earth, the God who holds everything in His hands, the God who will come again in the clouds of heaven, is it not I who have commanded you today to have courage, to arise and go into the year of the Lord, the year of the Lord, as they used to say, 2023, because it's His year, His time, His sovereign control. Be strong and have good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Joshua needed to hear that. I need to hear that. You need to hear that every day. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. But go forward with strength, with great courage, only, exclusively. Be strong and very courageous because... Your God says, I am with you and will not fail you. Amen.